moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to 10, and 29-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, 31 Days in God's Word. You can find all three of those books on Amazon. You can also find them at my website, DorendaWilson.com. I am so grateful for all of you. I am just thankful for the opportunity to be able to speak into your lives. I know there are a lot of podcasts and a lot of information out there that you could be taking in and you choose to spend a little bit of time with me each week. And I don't take that for granted. So thank you for being here. And if you are enjoying the podcast, I would love it if you would leave a rating or review and tell your friends about it. Um, It's just such a delight to be able to encourage as many moms as possible. Also, I need to know, um, well, you don't have to respond to this, but I'm curious if you're looking for a new math curriculum. CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Creative graphics and animations synchronized with the friendly voice of internationally acclaimed teacher Pat Murray makes learning math easy and effective. CTC is favorably reviewed and also on Kathy Duffy's 103 Top Picks as well as favorably reviewed at the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your child break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. Visit ctcmath.com today to start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. All right, so kids interrupting, what an irritation that can be. But it's not just an irritation, it's actually more than that. It's actually an opportunity, and I'll explain more in a few minutes as to what I mean by that. Um, But I know many of you have kids who are approaching graduation, and I wanted to give you um, just some insight on a super great resource that I love. I've had Excel College on in the past um, to talk about what they do there. Um, but I think that it's a common question that parents are asking themselves. Is traditional college actually worth the cost? Not just financially, but spiritually. This is the question that many parents are forced to face as their student prepares to leave the home. But I've got great news. My friends at Excel College are changing the game in higher education by allowing students to graduate debt-free while learning to thrive in the context of a Christian community. They integrate a world-class, biblically-based, liberal arts-style curriculum with hands-on skills training so that students learn how to become wise, mature, productive adults who follow Jesus and live purposeful, meaningful, and fulfilling lives. You don't have to worry about your child going to college. You can rest knowing that Excel College will continue the job that you started. If you want your student to learn how to build a life, not just make a living, send them to Excel College. They have just a few spots left for their January cohort. Learn more at theexcelcollege.com. I'll leave a link in the show notes. All right, so let's talk about this interrupting thing, okay? Now, I'm just going to remind you all, I had eight interrupters. Yes, eight of them. But even two 
can drive you batty, right? So let's talk about this. Let's start first with why. Why do kids interrupt? Well, many times it's in sheer excitement. Like they just want to tell us something and we have the kind of relationship with them that they want to tell us everything. And that is a beautiful, wonderful thing. So a lot of times it's just sheer excitement. Uh, Sometimes they're asking asking permission to do something. Uh, Sometimes they're just, uh, they're impatient. They want to know something that you've told them they have to wait to know. Uh, Sometimes it's fear. They might be afraid of something and they want to tell you about it. So there's a lot of reasons why a child might feel like what they have to say uh, trumps anything else that's happening at the moment. But let's talk now about why it's a bad habit. Um, Aside from the fact that it's just irritating, um, it is also uh, pretty inconsiderate. Many times it is just inconsideration. It is inconsideration of us and the conversation that we might already be having with another child or with another adult. Um, It's also being inconsiderate of the person we are speaking to, whether it's another sibling, another child, um, or whether it's another adult. And so this is something that we, um, again, we find irritating, but it's actually an opportunity. You know, there's so many things when it comes to parenting that we are at first glance just seem like an obstacle. And I talk about this in nurturing sibling relationships when our kids are bickering and fighting and we're like, oh my gosh, can we all just get along already? We need, we have work that needs to get done. We got to get schoolwork done. But when we realize that taking the time to uh, work on the relationships between our kids um, is actually part of their education, and it's also valuable character training, all of a sudden we we can begin to see it as more of an opportunity and less of an obstacle. And it's the same thing with interrupting. It is an opportunity to teach our children to be other-oriented. Um, we teach them to read the room. Um, we teach them social skills as we're teaching them about interrupting and when it's appropriate and when it is not and how to handle it um, when it's not an emergency, okay? So by the way, I will leave links in the show notes to the Nurturing Sibling Relationship series. If you haven't listened to that, I really encourage you to go and listen to it. But I um, was looking up some scriptures and Luke 6.31 was uh, one that really stood out to me. And it, it says this, and as you wish that others would do to you, do so to them. So as we're teaching our kids to not interrupt, we're also teaching them to treat others the way they want to be treated. You know, that's kind of like the golden rule. Jesus said, basically, every commandment falls under two categories, either loving the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and or loving your neighbor as yourself. And so when our children decide that what they have to say is more important and it trumps anything else that's happening, it is a form of selfishness. And so, um, and obviously, unless it's an emergency, right? But the way that they handle that is what makes the difference. And we can train them in a way that will be conducive to um to interrupting if they need to because it's an emergency or um, getting our attention without interrupting. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. 
Also, Philippians 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not only look to his own interests, but also the interests of others. So we're teaching our kids through this training to consider others than better as better than themselves. Um, so it's a, a, a way to teach humility. It's a way to teach deference. And what that word means is consideration and respect. So we're, we're showing deference to others. It's being other-oriented. You're aware there's, there are aware there's another person involved in the situation and they understand that and are giving deference to that person, consideration to them, respect to them. It's also a way, as we're training our kids about when it comes to interrupting, is to teach them self-control because they have to stop themselves from just running into the room and spouting off at the mouth. Now, this is something that my kids... um, would often do. They would run into the room and just be walking to the room, room talking, um, and, and some more than others. And I would have to stop them and say, look, don't walk into the room talking. You need to walk into the room and look to see what's happening before you begin telling us whatever it is you want to tell us. So come in, read the room, and then decide when it's an appropriate time for you to share what you want to share. Hebrews 12.1 or 12.11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So we want to train our children toward righteousness. And again, that's not going to necessarily be painless. It's going to be painful for us. It's going to cost us something. It's going to cost our children something. And it's not always pleasant, but this is our job as parents. We need to train and disciple and teach our children. And so this is one of the many ways um, that we do that. Another verse that I want to share is Proverbs 25, 28. And what it says there is a man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. So in many senses, when we don't allow our children, we don't allow time and make um, a a concerted effort to teach our children self-control, they are like a city that's been broken into and left without walls. They are vulnerable when we do not teach them self-control. Also, 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And then in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27, it says, But I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So as our children come into the faith, we want them to come into the faith uh, with a knowledge that um, they need to discipline themselves, including their mouths, and keep that under control um, because as they're maybe trying to share the gospel or live the gospel or, um, you know, be an example to others, a light on a hill, salt, you know, in in a world that needs it, you know, um, if they don't have that kind of self-control, it's really, it really looks like 
hypocrisy. And it and it almost gets to the point where they're disqualified um, because they're not setting a good example. And so we, we all understand that. Like we know when someone is living a life that they're preaching and when they're not. And so we want our kids' lives to be consistent. So we want their the discipline that is necessary for that so that as they are sharing the gospel and living the gospel um, and representing Christ, um, that they're not disqualified to do that. Okay, so let's talk about some ways to encourage our kids to not interrupt. Now, I realize there are probably like, a whole bunch of you out there going, oh, this is what I do. This is what I do. And this is where um, it's, it's, it would be nice almost if each of you had a microphone and you could pipe in and say, oh, this is, this is what we've done. And it's worked really well. Unfortunately, that's not the case. So I'm just going to share with you what I've done and what a friend of mine has done. And hopefully it'll be an encouragement to you. The point of all of this is to not ignore the interrupting problem. Now, you may have to get creative and try something different than what I'm suggesting or talk to some mom friends and say, hey, what do you do for interrupting? Because I think that we can get a lot of really good ideas. If something's not working, um, we might need to try something else. Other thing I always tell moms, talk to your husband. Talk to your husband. They have such good ideas. And so many times we forget that they're the head of the household. God gives them wisdom because of that position, not because they're there all the time and know everything that's going on. So if we pray, ask the Lord to give them wisdom, we can go to them and say, okay, listen, I got a problem with interrupting. What would you suggest? And then you're both on the same page. You're doing the same things, whether the other is present or not. And that consistency is super, super important. That's the other thing I would say. Be consistent. If we allow our children to get by with it more than not, we're training them to interrupt. So this has to be intentional. All right. So the thing that I did with our kids, and I know a lot of you do this, um, it's it's very effective. So if I'm talking to someone and another ch- and my child comes up and wants to say something to me, I have them put their hand on my hand or their hand on my arm. And then I know that they are there and they need to tell me something. And as soon as I can get a break in the conversation and try to make it as soon as possible because children, you know, we want them to not get discouraged. We don't want to exasperate them. So as soon as is feasibly possible, pay attention, turn around and say, okay, what would you did a really good job of waiting? What is it that you need? Okay. Now, I'm just going to be completely honest with you. It irritated the gajibers out of me to have my kids leave their hand on my arm. It was almost like they were tapping me or for some reason it just, I don't know if it was a sensory thing or what, and maybe some of you can relate to this. So I taught them to put their hand on my arm and then I would put my hand on their hand and then they were instructed to take their hand off of me. And I told them, I will still know you are there because we as women, we have great peripheral vision. Like we know when our kids are standing there, right? And then as soon as is feasibly possible, try to listen to them. So that's another way you can do that if you have that same sensory thing or just maybe you're just (laughs) like me and easily irritated about that. I don't know if it's a sensory thing or not. I don't want to make excuses for it, but that seemed to work a little better for me. Okay, another, um, another idea that a friend of mine gave me, and I thought this was so great. When all of her children talk to her at once, or most of them, more than one, is talking to her all at once, she just covers her ears. 
And it just sends this huge body language message that I'm not listening to anybody right now. And she would just explain to them, look, I can only listen to one person at a time. So I'm going to cover my ears. And then they would stop talking. And I, I, she had told me this a while back, and I had forgotten what her method was. I didn't write it down or anything. So I messaged her today, and I'm like, tell me again what you do. She's like, oh, my goodness, I can't remember because my kids haven't done it in so long. I said, well, clearly it's working. So now I really have to know. But that's what she does. And I thought that was a really great um, idea. It's especially effective if you're just at home with your kids. And like I said, more than one of them is talking to you at once. Uh, but a lot of times we are talking to another mom um, or a, 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 another child, um, and we need to just tell one child that they need to wait. And so, um, so those are so so the hand on the arm is is a great idea. Uh, sometimes, if if it was really a problem with some of our kids, I would just snap my finger and point to their room and send them there if it was just the rule that they were constantly interrupting. And I would just make them leave the room. And then I would go talk to them and say, why did I send you away? Well, because I was interrupting. Exactly. What should you do next time? Um, But I do find the hand on the arm um, was a a very, very good way to train our kids to not interrupt. Now, another thing that we, we, we need to bear in mind that in their defense, okay, we as moms can talk a lot and talk for a long time, especially if we are just really hungry for fellowship and we just feel like we're, we just want adult conversation and we so badly just want to continue the conversation. We don't want to take a break to the kid, for the kids. Um, we just have to be careful that there's, there's a fine line. I mean, there are times that I have just told my kids, look, unless it's an emergency, do not interrupt me while I'm talking to so-and-so, okay? And we're going to define what an emergency is in here in, in just a minute. But I think that Um, sometimes that's okay. And other times we just need to remember, look, we're moms and there's a point at which we have to deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow Christ for the sake of our children. And we have to give up the convenience of being able to have an, an uninterrupted conversation. And maybe we can plan one, um, at some point, if we're feeling that desperate, um, it might be a good idea to plan a phone call or plan a coffee date with a friend, um, because we do get to that point where we just need uninterrupted conversation. But in the situation when the kids are there, um, we just need to pray for discernment and wisdom. And again, we have these tools to help us um, to help our kids not interrupt. And we do want to train them in that. That is actually a very important thing. And it is an opportunity to really teach our kids something important. Um, we do, when we do tell our kids, look, don't, don't interrupt unless it's an emergency. Or, you know, because sometimes we'll have them put their hand on our arm and they have to use the restroom in the worst way and we make them wait, okay? So if they have to go to the bathroom, or someone's lighting someone else on fire. Uh, my thing with kids was always, if there is blood, vomit, or fire, please interrupt me. Come and get me. I used to do this sometimes when I needed to be alone in my room for a few minutes, just away from the kids for a few minutes. I would tell them, look, do not come through that door. Do not knock on this door unless there is blood, fire, or vomit, okay? And they knew I was serious at that point. I needed to be alone. And... Um, 
And so for the most part, they would leave me alone. Sometimes I got little notes under the door or whatever, but I really tried to make that um, kind of like my code for, listen, I need a few minutes. And um, it, it, it took them a little while to get the hang of it. But um, if they did interrupt, there were consequences for it. So have your consequences in mind. So if they do cross over that line, then you know what you're going to do, okay? Because chances are, especially the first few times, they're going to try to cross over that line. Now, funny story. One day I'm working in the kitchen and the kids come and they're like knocking on the the slider. And I think it had been one of those days where I was like, hey, just don't come in and don't come get me. Don't come into the house unless there's blood, fire, or vomit. So I went and they were like, knock, 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 knock. And I opened the slider and they go, there's a fire. And I'm like, oh yeah, right. I I know what you people are trying to do. They go, no, mom, really? And they turn around and our woods were on fire. <laughs> fire. And that's a whole story in itself. Oh my gosh. Um, Maybe I should just tell you the story. I will just tell you the story. We're only 20 minutes in, right? We can do this. Okay. So um, it was uh, the heat of summer. It was very dry where we lived. We had lots of woods and there there was a burn ban, right? Which we didn't burn when there was a burn ban. But our oldest son, maybe he was 12 at the time, he had like just taken a a tiny little bit of garbage from the bathroom garbage. And there was this tiny little bit of Kleenex or toilet paper. Um, So literally it was in the bottom of a big burn barrel. And he just thought, well, it's not very much. I'm just going to go ahead and burn it. And, And somehow sparks come came out from that and lit the woods on fire. And so I got my husband, I was like, honey, there's, I mean, and by the time I saw it, there were flames, like I could see the flames from the house. And this is like a hundred yards away. So my husband runs out there with the hose and says, while he's doing that, he's like, call 911. So I call 911 and tell them we have a fire. And then he puts it all out and he's like, call them back and tell them we don't need them to come. And so I, I tried to do that. And they're like, oh, it's too late. We already sent fire trucks out. We have to come out. If you make the call, we have to come out. Okay, and and so I'm gonna stop here and tell you, we had another family coming over for dinner with 10 kids, right? When they arrive, there are like three fire trucks at our house. And I think there might've even been an ambulance. I don't even know. It was ridiculous how many fire trucks showed up. Now, I know this is standard policy, whatever, Oh my goodness. So they all showed up and got it under control and they were handing out stickers to the kids and it was quite the experience. And um, our friends showed up and they're handing out stickers to their kids. And so all seemed right and well, everything was good. And they left and they came out again like 24 hours later to make sure everything was out, which was great. Then I don't know, two, three, four weeks later, my husband gets a notice in the mail that he has been summoned to court, that he has been cited for unlawful burning. (laughs) We're like, what? And so it turns out that, and it was weird because my husband was like, what what citation? They they showed a citation and they... um, basically said, he called the fire department. He's like, I didn't sign any citation. I didn't sign anything that that said, um, 
I think, I don't remember how he worded. I think he's like, I haven't received a citation or whatever. And they're like, oh, well, we have a citation. He goes, did I, does it have my signature on it? And they said, yes. He goes, I didn't sign anything. Anyway, long story short, he had to go to court. And um, the public defender was just snickering the whole time. He thought this was hilarious. I did not think it was so funny because, I mean, the fine was ridiculous or he would spend time in jail. (laughs) So there's my fire story. So if you guys, um, oh, it all resolved itself, by the way. The judge was great. The public defender took care of it and it was all good. But man, when you're not used to being in court or (laughs) accused of a major crime, (laughs) it's pretty um, disconcerting. So, and the other thing was, it wasn't my husband that did it. It was our oldest son and it was, you know, it was an innocent accident. Anyway, so there you go. There's my blood, fire, and vomit. And there has been blood and there has been vomit. Um, And so anyway, define an emergency. You get to define what an emergency is to your children. All right. So another way that we want to implement this is to have training sessions. So we're going to set up a scenario where we're talking to one child and we tell another to come in and say, okay, you're going to come in the room and pretend you have something to tell me, but don't tell me. Stop and put your hand on my hand. And so even if you're, um, so you want to set up scenarios at home, but you might have to do more practice when you're in a real situation. So if you're talking to a friend and your child comes up and starts talking to you, grab their hand and put it on your arm. And and if you've had the training sessions, they will know what that means. And so... Um, Again, we we want to teach our kids self-control. We want to teach them to be other-oriented, but we may have to, in fact, we probably will need to set up some training scenarios in order to do that. And lastly, set the example. More is caught than taught. If you are an interrupter, don't expect your kids to not be interrupters, okay? They're watching us. They follow our example consciously or unconsciously. So it's a great exercise in self-control for us as well. Now, I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I feel like I never got this down completely with our kids. Um, I will say that I did very much raise their awareness, right? So I was talking to our 25-year-old son about this before I came out here to do the podcast. I said, I don't think I ever got this down. Um, You know, I didn't want to get on here and be a hypocrite, right? (laughs) Um, I have suggestions. um, But again, I don't feel like we ever, I ever got this down completely with our kids. And he looked at me and said, mom, if you ever get all of the interrupting down perfectly, there's probably a pretty good chance you're squashing your children's like childlikeness. Does that make sense? And I was like, you're you're probably right. Like you want we want our kids to stay exuberant and excited and we want them to share with us and they want we want them to be excited about telling us things. And so we don't want to squash that. But at the same time, we need to balance it out with um, self-control, with other orientedness. And as in what I love about being a believer is we have the Holy Spirit to help us with that, to help us know in each scenario, when am I squashing my child? And don't let mom guilt get in there and skew um, what you're seeing. Ask the Lord to give you eyes to see and a heart to understand and ears to hear and just to know when um, when it's appropriate to, you know, heighten their awareness and when to just let them be kids. So um, I hope this was helpful. And just remember that we aren't shooting for perfection. We are shooting for progress. And this is a 
saying that was so helpful to me as I was raising, as we were raising our children and specifically in the areas of discipline, because discipline is training and training is repetitive. And sometimes we can forget that it is a journey. It is a, it is progressive. It's not about demanding perfection out of our kids or out of ourselves. And so um, in this way, hopefully we can relax and enjoy the process, but also be intentional and diligent in doing our part in terms of teaching our kids self-control and other orientedness. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for our children, for giving us the opportunity to teach them, to train them. I pray for every mom here who's listening that she would hear what you are speaking to her heart in terms of how to um, disciple and train and teach her children self-control and other orientedness when it comes to conversation and interruptions, Lord. Thank you for every family represented here, and I ask that you would pour out a blessing on each and every mom. In Jesus' name, amen. 